The following audio is from Summit Church. For more information on Summit Church, visit www.summitonline.tv. Welcome Summit Church from wherever you are joining us today. We are so excited to continue our study in Luke. Before we get there, um, we just want you to know that we are for you um, and we would love to be praying for you. So if you have a prayer request, if there's anything that we could be joining in prayer with you for, um, you can go to summitonline.tv forward slash prayer and just let us know how we can be linking arms, joining in with you, in prayer um, because we are for you and we love you. So we are so excited to continue this study. We're in chapter 11, starting in verse 33 through 36. Jesus is speaking and he says, no one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. And so they put it on its stand so that those who come in may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body is also full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body is also full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. So this passage is full of contrast. We have healthy and unhealthy. We have good and bad. Uh, We also have light versus dark. And we're going to explore that theme today. Verse 33 may sound familiar. You can read it in Matthew 5.15, Mark 4.21, Luke 8.16, and talking about this lamp on a stand. In each of those passages, it's talking about this external light um, that, that when we have that light within us, we are exuding that light. We're exemplifying that light to all of those around us. But here, Jesus wants to talk to us about that internal light. So in verse 34, Jesus says that your eye is the lamp of your body. Now, Jesus is metaphorically speaking, um, and there is a spiritual connection here. Yes, our eyes are used to see. It's one of our five senses. It makes observation. It takes in information and stimuli. But metaphorically and spiritually speaking, it, it is what we use to consume Spiritual truth. It's what, it's what we take in. Um, it's our ability to receive that information. And the lamp, a lamp by itself doesn't do much, right? I mean, it has to have a, um, a light bulb in order to actually function. So a lamp by itself is just simply a vessel. It's a conduit. So essentially what Jesus is telling us is that what we take in filters through our entire body. So we must make sure, as he is about to say, that what we take in, what we consume is healthy. I mean, you've heard it said, you are what you eat. If that were the case, I am full of coffee and donuts. That is my current diet. So that applies spiritually as well. We are what we consume. So verse 34 says, when your eyes are healthy and good, your whole body is also full of light. So Depending on your translation, looking at healthy versus good, it's just talking about this clear, good, sound vision, right? This singular vision, being full of light. What does scripture tell us about light? God is light. We are called to be light. Scripture references light and dark continuously all throughout the Bible. If we look at Ephesians 5, starting in verse 18, I'm sorry, starting in verse 8, 
Um, Paul starts off Ephesians by telling us to be imitators of God. Um, he, he tells us that we are to love like Jesus. And then he goes into the things that we should do and the things that we shouldn't do. So picking up in verse eight, he says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. So Paul tells us what this healthy, good light is, to be full of light. It's the fruit of light, all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. What is God's will? What is he asking you to do? How can you obey? So I wanna remind you that we don't produce the fruit on our own. It is the work of the Holy Spirit in us that produces it, which is why it's called the fruit of the Spirit. So when we are continually pursuing and consuming all goodness and righteousness and truth, when we are pursuing the Lord, when we're in the word to know what pleases him, that is what helps us consume that healthiness, right? Like that helps our vision be healthy so that our body is full of light. Now, on the opposite end of that, continuing in verse 34, Jesus says, but when they are unhealthy or bad, your body is also full of darkness. Okay, so depending on your translation, unhealthy or bad, that word bad is diseased, blind. And there's, I mean, Jesus, we see Jesus talking about um, people being blind to his truth. So we we see a, a spiritual connection there. But there's also this definition of evil and wicked. And actually, I'm really thankful that this is um, just a metaphor because if our actual vision was measured literally, um, I've been wearing Coke bottles like for as long as I can remember, right? So thankfully, this is just a metaphor and it's not an actual measurement of our vision, right? So I would guarantee that not one person watching this right now would consider themselves evil or the things that you do to be wicked, right? I mean, when I think about the word evil or wicked, I I think about serial killers and the devil, right? I mean, those, you think about the extreme things that people do that are terribly bad. But all throughout scripture, you will read stories about the wickedness of generations and of individuals. There are several different reasons why God has deemed generations or people to be wicked or evil. But the central theme is this, that they did what they wanted to do rather than following after God, right? They made golden calves to worship. They asked for kings to rule over them because they didn't trust God. They made immoral choices. They, they gave into their flesh's desires. They thought the things that they wanted in them was more important and more self-gratifying and in that instant gratification than what God can give them. So, 
they took their eyes off God and they put them on themselves to give them what they wanted. They pursued their own desires over God. They sinned. And in some circumstances, they would prefer their sin over their relationship with God. Tim Mackey of the Bible Project, GOAT, love him, one of my favorite teachers, aside from Todd, of course. Um, he says this about evilness, his, his description or definition. It's human beings elevating their own identity, desires, goals, aspirations to divine status, and then having given full allegiance to those idols, lives accordingly. The biblical diagnosis is that it'll inevitably result in a way of life that is destructive for yourself and those around you. So when you think about evilness and wickedness in terms of, of your own life, doing some introspection, thinking about those things, of what, what have you elevated? And I had to ask myself these same questions. What have I elevated to a divine status? What have I given allegiance to other than or in place of God? What idols have I created? A couple of years ago, um, some of this kind of came to a head for me. For a long time, um, I had this dream of being able to write Bible studies, travel, speak. That is what I felt like God was calling me to do. That's what I wanted to do. Um, and come to find out at the heart of that dream wasn't so much that I would be able to go and glorify God, but the reality was I wanted that because it was going to elevate me. It was going to make me famous. It was going to make my name known. It was going to give me a place in this world. And so even though this dream sounds righteous of being able to write Bible studies and be able to travel and teach and, and bring people to God's word, the reality, it was a very selfish dream. I wanted it for me, um, seemingly for the Lord. So I worked, I kind of worked through that, um, thought I was in a good place with that. And then a couple of years ago, I felt like the Lord had said, if this is not what I have for you, are you okay with that? I had come to realize that I was holding on to that dream very tightly. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted God to give me. That's what I felt like I was supposed to do. And I was going to make it happen at all costs. So when God asked me, are you willing to give this up? Like, if this is not what I want for you, are you willing to lay it down and walk away? And I honestly, I had to grieve. I, I had to really wrestle with God through that because again, I felt like that's what he wanted even though I got off track. Um, and in the end, I, I had to come and I had to lay it at his feet. Um, it wasn't, I would love to say like, oh yes, easy decision. I'm, I'm just gonna lay that down and walk away because I'm a good person. It was a very difficult decision because I had to, even as a person who said, I trust God, I trust in his plans. His will is perfect and pleasing. That was a moment when I had to decide, do I really trust God? And in the end, I did say, yes, if that, if that is not what you want for me, then okay. Then I will trust you and I will trust your plan. A lot of times my prayers are, 
asking the Lord for forgiveness for not putting him first. So ask yourself, what are some of these things that maybe you are, have elevated, that you have made idols that you didn't realize were idols, um, things that you put above God? Verse 35, see to it then. This is, this is the crux of this passage. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. So my kids both have lamps in their room because they're afraid of the dark, as I'm sure some of your kids, or maybe even you were as a kid, or maybe you are still now. But we have to carefully position the lamp in the boys' room so that it doesn't cast too many shadows. Okay, so we found the right place to put it. Um, and there have been occasions when we would have to turn on the lamp to then figure out, okay, it's just this toy that's casting this shadow, right? Because when we turn on the light, it exposes what's really there. Now, I wish that we were just simply talking about toys casting shadows on the light, but what we're really talking about is that sin and that darkness because the light exposes what's really there. John 3, 19, 21 says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be plainly seen that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. The enemy provokes us to sin because he wants to drive a wedge between us and God. And then he immediately makes us feel ashamed for having committed that sin. And then therefore we hide our sin. And then the cycle repeats. Sin grows in darkness. We almost begin to think that, okay, if no one knows, if no one sees, then it's okay. Then I can go undetected and I will be fine. But the cycle repeats. And the further we fall into that shame and guilt and despair to the point where then darkness is in control. We need light to break that cycle and to bring health and healing and restoration and redemption. That light gives freedom. There is no shame in the light. There is only forgiveness and mercy and grace. So when Jesus says, see to it, that means that we have to be proactive. We have to be on guard. Keep the fire going for the Lord. Because if we do not fan that flame within us, then over time it's going to diminish until it extinguishes. So we have to be proactive in consuming that good, that healthy, that wise, that righteous, that truth, so that there is no darkness. Jesus then concludes this, this passage by saying, therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, 
it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. So think about that for just a moment. If there is a lamp right next to you, that light is so bright that it is blinding. That Jesus is calling us to have our whole body, not just part of it, but our entire body full of light, no part of it dark. So that means that we have to submit, we have to ask the Lord to come in and and expose any part of that darkness. We have to um, make sure that we are consuming, that we're being proactive, and it will be just as full of light as when the lamp shines its light on you. 1 John 5, sorry, 1 John 1, 5 through 10, God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and we do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, just as he is in the light, We have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. That is a harsh reality, a harsh truth, but it is truth nonetheless, that we have to come to terms with our actions, our thoughts. Um, We have to do introspection and some self-examination of the things that we are consuming, the things that we are um, thinking, so that we can then walk in the light, right? So here's some questions as we close today that I would love for you to ask yourself. Is there any darkness in your life that you have withheld from the light? Are you willing to bring that darkness, whatever it may be, whether it is a specific sin, whether it is a thought pattern, whether it is, um, I, I don't know, something that maybe that you have been wrestling with or something that you have been afraid to bring to the Lord. Are you willing to bring that into the light? Are you willing to allow God access to that in order to bring health and healing and restoration? Will you ask God for forgiveness? That one might be a little bit harder to answer, to wrestle with, to walk through. But are you willing to allow him to work within you, to do what only he can do, to bring light into that place. So 
We seek the light so that we can be the light. Let me pray. Lord, we ask for your forgiveness today for our sins, the intentional and the unintentional, the things that we know that we shouldn't do and the things that we weren't even aware we were doing. Lord, if there is an area in our life that we have not brought before you, please speak to us now. Search us, oh God. Expose that darkness. We thank you, God, for your faithfulness to forgive and to meet us with mercy. We love you, Lord Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.